0: that the American medical complex and the consumer food and beverage industrial complex have little interest in the prevention of disease, my friends. It makes far better business sense to let the population eat, drink, and smoke to their heart's content, and then offer seemingly high-tech and expensive methods for cleaning up the aftermath. In the United States, the food industry alone generates $500 billion plus in sales, maybe twice that much now. Bacon, eggs, milk, fast food franchises, soft drinks, fried food, dead food, overcooked food, tweets, sweets, treats, and canned goods. My friends, we've gotten away from the simple diets. We've become human garbage disposals. 60% of the American public is overweight. Clearly, the large food conglomerates are successfully marketing to an oblivious public. And after feeding your body with dead and processed foods for 20, 30, 40 years or more, things begin to run less perfectly. We've overlooked the processing energy required to digest bacon and eggs each morning and that steak in the evening and the cocktails in between. The result... Is the current health crisis where one in three will have cancer in their lifetimes, maybe more. Not to mention heart disease. Greg Sterling, Vancouver. Good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night installment of To Health With You. Jeffrey Bennett here on this 18th day of October. This is going to be an unusual program. An unusual program because we're certainly going to be dealing with cancer to a degree. We're going to be discussing, well, an intense and valuable commentary about the poisons in our daily food. How each of them contribute to our ill health, and in most cases, cancer. What I'm about to share with you is an in-depth, carefully researched, high-quality report with over 70 scientific references. We strongly challenge you to listen carefully to this hour. And if I'm not able to complete the entire presentation, then I'm going to invite you to go read it and spend time with it. Because after all, my friends, all of this is your help. It's for your choice. What we're going to be sharing with you are ingredients, which are now linked by multiple scientific studies to increase cancer risk and inclusive of the 17 worst foods that you should not be eating at all. There have been sufficient studies over the years that link high red meat consumption with an increased risk for cancer. Cancer organizations such as the American Cancer Society, the National Cancer Institute, cite red meat as a risk factor for colorectal cancer. A study conducted by Cross and Sina in 2004 discovered that red meat cooked at high temperatures, specifically preserved meats, contains mutagens that expose humans to troso compound, or NOC. That's a compound directly linked to colorectal cancer. And high levels of, of NOCs are typically found in meat that has been processed or preserved. And that research suggests that the combination of fat and protein and iron and preparation of red meat could contribute to the mutation of normal cells in the colon and the rectum. And similarly, DeMasso and his researchers focused on the dietary choices that could contribute to cancer in a 2013 study. And it revealed that red meat consumption was a risk factor for cancers of the oral cavity, the pharynx, the nasopharynx, esophagus, rectum, pancreas, breasts, endometrium, and ovaries all of which coincides or coincides with the International Agency for Research on Cancer's decision to classify processed meat as a carcinogen and red meat as a probable carcinogen. Now, let me share a couple tips with you here. Because instead of including an unhealthy amount of red meat in your diet, go for alternative sources of protein like fish, seafood, chicken instead. Add more fruits and vegetables to your daily meals as well to give your immune system a boost. And if you're unwilling to cut out red meat from your diet, make sure to avoid processed, prepackaged, and canned meat. Always go fresh. Fresh meat means that you can adjust how you cook your meat and avoid the preservatives that come with the processed kinds that you often see in the supermarket, in the deli. Now... Keep several things in mind. I'm going to make a number of references to Dr. Kelly's book throughout the course of this program, The Self-Test for the Different Metabolic Types. It is a book that I am the editor and the publisher of now for the Kelly Trust. I have not altered it one bit, with the exception of the addition of one new image to replace an old, tired, hand-drawn image that Kelly did years ago. And amongst the reasons for doing this is I have people that will order the self-test for the different metabolic types. It's not a book that was designed for a cancer victim. It's either been designed for people who have been cured of cancer or have never been diagnosed with cancer because it deals with many of the very same issues we're talking about in this program. Meat, vegetables, seafood etc etc etc. Let's move on to something called processed meats. Processed meats have earned the bad rep of being loaded with sodium because salt plays the most important role in preserving any type of food. And the amount of sodium in frozen hot dogs or canned meats and similar food items is directly linked to hypertension, heart disease, kidney disease, And yet, however, processed meats also have direct links to cancer, a fact that is typically overlooked, my friends. Many studies have found that intake of processed meats is directly linked to breast and colorectal cancer risk and mortality. In your choice. A group that did a study in 2016 found that eating processed red meat increased a woman's postmenopausal risk for breast cancer. In fact, the higher the intake of nitrate, that's a substance used to treat processed meats, the more positive the association with localized breast cancer. Similar results were seen in Bernstein in their 2015 study, where the results showed a significant positive relationship between processed meat intake, and increased risk for colorectal cancer, specifically distal colorectal cancer. And more recent studies have also found similar associations between processed meat intake and the risk for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and prostate cancer. And while the exact mechanisms for this increased risk are still widely unknown, it's thought that it may be caused by the chemicals used in the preservation process which cause cancerous changes in the body cells. Instead of picking up a can of meatloaf or frozen hot dogs at the local supermarket, head over to the fresh meat section instead. Because going organic is still the best way to get chemical and antibiotic-free meat, but fresh meat from your local butchers can be a good start to healthier meals and reduce cancer risk. It's interesting that we talk about local butchers. We think about local butchers in terms of our local grocery store. I don't care whether it's Fry's or Albertsons or Safeway or Piggly Wiggly or where A&P, which I think is long out of business, Jewel T, places that my parents shopped at when I was a kid back in Illinois. But what becomes interesting is going online, because there was something in specific I was looking for about a year ago. And I found the number of private standalone butcher shops in the Phoenix area. Most of them not more than 20 minutes away from where I live. I think it's time for me to get back into it. I, my wife and my son-in-law have been acquiring meat lately that I'm not real excited about. I think I'll have to pass. One of the other things that we look at amongst the 17 different issues are protein. Because protein plays a very big role in our diet. It's an important nutrient responsible for building, repairing our body's tissues. Without protein, our muscles begin to shrink or lose volume. It's called muscle wasting. And yet, despite how important protein is, too much can cause health problems as well. Too much of anything can cause issues, whether it be health, mental, physical, or otherwise. For a long time, it's been thought that people who have cancerous growths or tumors suffer from exponential tumor growth and metastases in the presence of a high-protein diet. Science has now proven it. In 2013, once again, a group of researchers focused on dietary protein intake and tumor growth in cases of breast and prostate cancer. And by inhabiting dietary protein, and the researchers found that tumor growth was reduced by 70% in cases of prostate cancer and 56% in cases of breast cancer. But it doesn't stop there. Replacing animal protein with vegetable protein was also able to reduce tumor growth by 37%, all which shows that inhibit of protein doesn't simply mean a reduction in quantity, but a definitive change in quality as well. Another study published a year later found that lower protein intake in older adults 65 and older leads to a major reduction in cancer incidence and mortality. And the researchers suggested that a diet with restricted protein intake could possibly improve the quality of the longevity of life. And the recommended dietary allowance for protein was a minimum of 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. You can actually use the USDA's online calculator, believe it or not, to compute your protein intake based on your personal needs. But don't be fooled by the whole more protein equals better health shtick. Vegetable protein is an excellent alternative to meat protein, especially since red meat has also been linked with the risk for cancer, as we've discussed. But the alternative to meat protein can help reduce cancer occurrence and consequent mortality risk. Fried food. Fried food is a big problem. A major favorite all over the world. Store bought potato chips to deep fried chicken. And with the advent of fast food, the prevalence of deep frying food reached a new level, adding unhealthy calories and sodium to the daily diet, leading to a, a high risk for hypertension, heart disease. However, fat and sodium aren't the only negative things that come with eating fried food. There's a substance called acrylamide, which forms when food is fried under extremely high temperatures, especially when burnt. And that substance is classified by the International Agency for Research on Cancer as a, quote, probably human carcinogen. Acrylamide doesn't only occur in fried food, though, my friends. It's actually a common industrial material used in paper and plastic production, meaning trace amounts may also be found in food packaging and similar products. And so while recent studies have shown varying results on the effects of acrylamide on humans, it cannot be denied that the substance has been found to increase the risk for cancers of the mouth, the throat, the bowels, the kidney, the breast, and the ovaries. And despite those studies, a systematic review of available acrylamide and cancer literature claimed that the majority of studies did not find significant association between the two, but that more research was needed in order to draw a significant consensus. Now, that may be the case, but that's nine-year-ago study and I have serious doubts and questions about anyone's doubts about this commentary. Another study was dubbed the first study to show an actual direct correlation between acrylamide intake and colorectal cancer. manifestation, or Manifesting as specific mutations in the cells of the colon in both men and women. Other damaging effects of acrylamide to the body included cellular aging, infertility, liver toxicity, and even brain damage. (laughs) Maybe that's Joe Biden's problem. Hmm. Too much acrylamide, huh? Well, in the meantime, if we skip or avoid dried fried food, especially high temperature deep frying, there's an awful lot of alternative options to frying. You can make... Potato chips at home. You can opt for roasting your chicken instead. And those are excellent ways to help keep off the extra weight. Reduce your risk for hypertension. And most importantly, protect yourself from cancer. It's also advisable to avoid eating burnt food of any kind. Did you know that acrylamide is found in burnt toast and other blackened foods? I guess I gotta stop the wife from making toast. Oh, and by the way, note that smokers are also exposed to substantially more acrylamide from tobacco smoke than from ingesting burnt food. Hmm. And so we continue to move forward. Smoke. Flame-grilled food. You see... Smoking food has been touted as a great alternative to frying because of less fat involved in the cooking process. And yet smoking or flame grilling food exposes to tar formation, the same kind of tar that enters our lungs when we smoke cigarettes. Grilling meat on an open flame exposes food directly to charring and smoke, all of which leads to tar forming on the food. Now, according to WHO, tar contains a myriad of carcinogenic substances that contribute to the development of cancer. While this kind of cooking has become very popular because of the smoky flavors, there are many health risks involved that people often overlooked. And there are different studies which have linked smoked food to the development of breast cancer. And one of the most significant was by Tao. In 2012 They found back then That there was a strong association Between the intake of smoked meat And the risk for acquiring breast cancer The study found specifically That the risk of breast cancer Increased for women with a specific gene Called the Saltia A1 I'm sorry, salt 1A1 It's a variant Which had high smoked meat intake other studies had similar results linking grilled meat to increased cancer risk. That's pretty really kind of bothers me because my favorite burger is sticking a burger on the barbecue and enjoying it out there. I'm the same way with steaks, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I don't think I eat more than two steaks a year anymore. There was research in 2007 done by Tang, which concluded I had not the drink which concluded that reducing our intake of grilled red meat also reduced the risk for prostate cancer. Another organization called Joe in 2015 also found a similar relationship between grilled or barbecued meat intake and colorectal cancer. So time and time and time again, science has backed up the claims of smoked and grilled food being bad for our health. Maybe we've got to start avoiding these foods, reduce our risks for cancer altogether. But then, of course, there's something called GMOs. Oh, oh boy. This is one that just torques the Davis out of me. The growing demand for food sources has led to the creation of genetically modified organisms, food property called GMOs. The genes of vegetables and fruits and animals are, they're changed, they're altered in order, so it's claimed, to resist disease and improve production. Yet, my friends, everything comes with a price, literally and figuratively. GMOs may in fact pose a threat to human health, as well as our economy. GMOs are cheaper than organically grown food, but they only funnel money towards large corporations and businesses. But the biggest threat that GMOs pose is significant risk to disease, particularly cancer. I have to start looking at some of those who are so deeply involved with this whole mentality of GMOs. Makes you wonder if Fauci and Bill Gates have been there, been involved. I'm looking at a an image right now of a beautiful peach tree peaches growing on this on on, on this, this tree and someone sitting there giving that peach a vaccination inserting something into that peach I mean, whether you're aware of it or not, Bill Gates is one of the largest owners of private land. He's buying up farms and ranches and converting it. He wants to ensure we tear up every tree in this country because he doesn't see the benefit of it. And yet he wants to create all these farms that create nothing more than plastic GMO type food. And the scientific community has faced a long battle in the publication of works that show the negative side of genetic engineering. Yeah, 1998, a Dr. Pustai conducted research to the effects of eating genetically engineered potatoes and found that test subjects experienced hormonal problems. They developed tumors. They had damaged immune systems. And while he remained unpublished and was subsequently suspended by the Institute for where he worked, his results were not something that the scientific community can turn a blind eye to, no matter what mudslinging is thrown his way. Now, I'm going to tell you, as I mentioned earlier in this program, what I have published at drkelly.net is the entirety of what I'm sharing with you. And I'm going to tell you, there are 70 links embedded in this article to support everything that I'm sharing with you. Let's get back to talking about GMOs. Another study experienced the same blacklisting as that by Pustay. And that one was much more recent. Sarilani and his group of researchers found similarly damaging results when test subjects were fed with genetically modified maize, M-A-I-Z-E. And the results showed that eating genetically modified maize caused severe liver damage and growth of memory tumors. And that study was requested by the editor of Food and Chemical Toxicology to be retracted after one year of publication because according to them, the results were inconclusive inconclusive despite the scientific process and the method involved in the study being correct. Well, see, we're back to the line in the pockets of somebody. The food marketeers, maybe. More and more, you go to the grocery store, you're finding things are not clearly and properly marked. You've got to think about that carefully. Similar results to that we've shared thus far were seen in a published study on genetically modified bacteria sprayed on crops. The researchers discovered that Bt, Bacillus thuringiensis caused a decrease in red blood cell production by the bone marrow or hemotoxicity, a process that characterizes a blood cancer called Leukemia. Now, that, of course, is a highly charged, controversial topic, as there are billions of dollars at stake. But one thing is certain it should be up to you to decide, my friends, if genetically modified is worth the money you save and the risk you take with your health and the health of your loved ones. There's absolutely no valid reason why food should not be clearly labeled. We have a right to know what we're eating. We're not finding food being that clearly labeled any longer. Now, what about something called BHA? Butylated hydroxy anisole. It's a preservative. Approved by the FDA for use in a variety of products, including food. However, according to the International Agency for Research on Cancer, BHA, BHA is a possible human carcinogen with numerous studies showing carcinogenicity. And although there are currently no published studies on the effects of BHA on humans, the label possible human carcinogen is replicated in different studies on test animals. And despite all of that, BHA can be found in some cereals, potato chips, and beverage brands that have been designed for extended shelf life. Now, a group called Bang Hanuni found that BHA causes severe damage to DNA through cell death and gene fragmentation, basically destroying our own body's DNA. That's an important cornerstone to consider when linking BHA with cancer, since cancer is essentially the mutation of a body's healthy cells into cancerous ones. Numerous studies, even as far back as the 1980s, linked BHA intake with stomach cancer, which caused damage and modification in cells of the gastrointestinal system. And yet a newer angle on BHA intake was taken by a group of researchers in 2013, finding that BHA not only caused tumors, but also stopped the body from fighting back against them. And the study revealed that BHA blocked tumor-associated macrophages, affecting the body's immune response to potentially cancerous growth. Look, my friends, when you buy food from the grocery store, you must start being more belligerent They're diligent in checking the food labels. Demand lists of ingredients when these are not present. And avoid items with BHA, which is typically going to be found in snack foods. Now, give all of this some consideration. Oh, oh, no. Let's... um, Stay with this. We're going to pick up more. And uh, I need to go for a relatively quick dance here in just a moment. No, I'm not going down the hall. I just want to dance with Kim. When we come back, we're going to talk about some other foods. Now, I happen to love seafood, fish. What about salmon? Salmon. we're going to talk about salmon when we return because I think you're going to find it interesting stay with me be back in just a few Interesting when I began working on this project, and it was an extremely lengthy project to prepare for publication because of the 70 odd links and various different things I had to do, and I began to pull up a series of images that I have in the Kelly website catalog. And I came across one that I had on salmon. It was quite interesting. If we take a look at farm salmon and wild salmon, the first thing you're going to see is a radical difference in color. Farm salmon includes white lines of fat, a higher fat content, higher in toxins in the fat, color added to look like salmon. Doctors should even warn that women and children should avoid it. Oh, and by the way, farmed salmon is not good for whales. But the wild salmon is leaner, cleaner, naturally pink, good for our oceans, and it's good for whales. Isn't that interesting? And it all seems to be vanishing wherever there are salmon farms. Why you know, while salmon ranks pretty high in the list as a healthy food because of its high vitamin D and omega-3 fatty acid content, and frankly, it tastes pretty darn good. The popularity of this fish in the market has led to illegal farming practices, which is resulting in farmed salmon. And it's toxic to health, specifically linked to cases of cancer. And the scientific community remains divided when it comes to the benefits and risks of eating farmed salmon. But one thing is clear. That studies have found cancer-causing substances in farmed salmon. And certain practices have resulted in elevated health risks. Why would you even want to consider buying farmed salmon? Unless you're trying to kill a family member. Jay Foran and his team of researchers found that toxins, specifically variations of dioxin, were found in high levels of farmed salmon, higher levels in European salmon compared to that of American salmon. Now, their study was published some years ago and discovered that the intake of farmed salmon caused an increase in dioxin intake and therefore elevated the health risk for consumers. And another study published by Foran In the same year, concluded that the benefits of salmon consumption outweighed the risks, but the results were the same. There were toxic chemicals found in farmed salmon that could cause health effects. And according to the WHO, World Health Organization, dioxins had been directly linked to a variety of cancers. And they're classified as known human carcinogens by the International Agency for Research on Cancer, or IARC. People who are very susceptible to cancer risk from dioxin intake include pregnant women and their unborn child, as well as people who have weak immune systems. Friends, if you want to continue to include salmon in your diet, it is suggested that you choose wild or organic salmon now give me just a moment to talk a little bit about dr kelly specifically his book the self-test for the different metabolic types kelly developed this self-test for different metabolic types in the 1960s to help bridge the gap of research to practical application Kelly realized that the overall state of health of this nation could no longer be maintained acceptable unless the nutritional needs of the people were brought into immediate and sharp focus. No one doctor or patient really truly knows what a well-balanced meal is. Doctors have not been trained along these disciplines, nor do they have the time or inclination to educate themselves in those areas. Oh, a person may be following a program of the best foods, the best supplements, plenty of exercise. But how does he or she, how do you, the listener, know that these really are the best foods for them? Diet Shmaiat. For those of you who truly want to understand your body's needs and get yourself on a pathway to health, This book, Dr. Kelly's Self-Test for the Different Metabolic Types, is a must for everyone, whether you've ever been diagnosed with cancer or not. The Bible of Metabolic Typing is what this book was referred to by the prestigious Price Pottinger Institute, who once stated that this book is the greatest advancement in metabolic typing in one hundred and fifty years, the book is not expensive. I don't sell used books. Matter of fact, I just had uh, a new, a new uh, uh, bunch of the books printed up. It gets your metabolism on track. It's going to take you down a different range. It may strongly urge that you not eat certain types of foods that you want to get yourself healthier. Why is it called a test, Bennett? That's too much work for me. Well, this book is unusual. It'll allow you to take the test up to five times. You want one book per person in your family. Don't share the book. Because if you take a test, six months later, you may begin to find some changes in your metabolism. You may feel that you're getting healthier or you're getting weaker, at which time you want to take the test again. And the book will give you the answers for the tests and the conclusions, telling you to back off this kind of food and start adding more of this kind of food. It is profound, my friends. If you go to drkelly.net, drkelle net and at the top of the near the top of the page, got the title dr kelly's victory over cancer give you some options home welcome the mission dr william kelly his story dr kelly's metabolic typing the kelly enzymes oh the bookstore is what you want if you just hold your mouse from your computer over the words the bookstore and what's going to happen is it's going to open up three titles Victory over cancer without surgery, chemotherapy, or radiation. Dr. Kelly's self-test for the different metabolic types. That's the one you specifically want to select. Okay? The price is there for the book. You can order the book on PayPal. If you prefer not to, you can send me an email. Let me know you want to copy of the book. I'll send you the information. You can mail me a check or a money order. Okay? This is designed to get you back on your path to health. And if you're healthy now, let's make sure you stay that way. I have a doctor in the Midwest who's tuning in right now. This book has made a major difference in his life. He has become, in many respects, an expert on Kelly, both from the cancer side and the metabolic typing side. I know that because he's listening right now. He's already sent me a text while I'm on the program. Let's take a look at some of the other poisonous foods that we tend to scarf up on. This is one that's always bothered me. Microwave popcorn. Famous movie snack. It's actually a danger to your health. Not just because of the corn, the butter, and the salt. Oh, no, no. Studies are being conducted on how chemicals found in microwave popcorn packaging can cause cancer. Some years ago, two researchers, Martinez, Moral, and Tena, conducted an experiment on microwave popcorn packaging, found that it was abundant in a variety of PFCs, or perfluorochemicals. According to the NIH, exposure to PFCs have been directly linked to infertility and cancer through the dysregulation of hormones and your immune system. And while the further experiment conducted by Moreff Antenna in 2014 found that the PFCs did not migrate from the packaging to the popcorn, the presence of the PFCs still places the consumer at a certain amount of risk of acquiring cancer. As for me, I like the old-fashioned way of doing popcorn. I don't do popcorn too much anymore. But there was another study actually linked microwave popcorn to lung disease although not specifically cancer. That study by Eagleman and Schilling found that exposure to the flavoring used in microwave popcorn led to inflammation of the lungs' tiny airways, causing problems in your respiration. So instead of buying microwave popcorn, try to find organic or dried kernels instead. Pop them over the stove, add fresh butter and herbs for a gourmet and healthy version of the popular snack. Plus, it tastes so damn much better. Come on. Well, here's one of the biggest ones we run into problems with. Poison. Canned food. Canned food has caused controversy, not just because of its high sodium And preservative content, but because of the bisphenol A, or bisphenol A, in the cans themselves. Bisphenol A, also known as BPA, is a now infamous chemical that is used to make plastic as well as the lining of metal cans. Oh, you'll often see BPA-free containers everywhere targeted towards the health-conscious buyer. Though according to some reports, the BPS that has been used to replace it may be just as hazardous. According to Mayo Clinic, BPA has been used in industrial processes since the 1960s, not just in the manufacture of plastic items. No, it can be found in food and beverage cans as well. Most people being very much unaware of the latter. And the most dangerous fact to consider is that the body's biggest biggest source of BPA is through the diet, meaning it comes from BPA-contaminated food and drink we've already ingested. BPA is dangerous because numerous studies have linked its presence in the body or exposure to its certain types of cancer. A recent study published by Deb found that the DP, BPA disrupts the body's hormones, induces the expression of cancer genes, specifically the gene HOXB9 for breast cancer, both in vitro and in vivo. Gen Z also has similar results, but in terms of colorectal cancer. And the researchers concluded that BPA Cause the spread of colorectal cancer cells to surrounding tissue triggering metastases and there's hundreds of studies that have similar results linking BPA to cancer recurrence and progression instead of protect the public the national institute of health suggests reduction or avoiding of canned foods to reduce BPA introduction into your diet so instead of buying canned food opt to ditch the cans and eat fresh foods instead Don't increase your cancer risk by willingly eating and drinking food from BPA contaminated cans. Which ticks me off because my wife's got so damn many canned foods in the other room. The soups, the tomatoes, to this, to that, the other thing. I prefer cooking the old-fashioned way. Give me fresh tomatoes. And let me do my thing. One of the other big problems, one of the biggest is sugar. Because primarily sugar has gained its bad reputation for causing persistently high or uncontrolled blood sugar levels, which can lead to diabetes. Recent studies have also found links to other chronic diseases with cancer at the forefront and sugar, specifically glucose is known to supply fast-growing cancer cells with energy, meaning a diet with high sugar has been theorized to be more likely to fuel the metastases of cancer cells. That's not new information, my friends. It was back in 1931 when Dr. Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize for his work demonstrating that cancer cells in the human body derive nourishment through the fermentation of glucose. And Warburg wrote that, quote, oxygen gas, the donor of energy in plants and animals, is dethroned in the cancer cells and replaced by an energy-yielding reaction to the lowest living forms, namely, a fermentation of glucose. End quote. So continued research has identified sugar not only as the fuel source for an already existing cancer, but as a primary driver of oncogenesis or the transformation of otherwise perfectly healthy cells into cancerous ones. A few years ago, Onodora, Nam, and Bissell published a study wherein the results showed that increased glucose uptake activates three onohogenic Pathways forming malignant or cancerous cells. But on the other hand, reducing glucose intake suppressed onocongenesis and promoted balance and organization, the formation of new cells. And that study showed a whole new side of sugar and raised alarm on the implications of a diet with high glucose intake. Further studies also focused on how increased sugar intake can increase your cancer risk. This has got to be obvious, people. A few years ago, Mully, et cetera, found a link between breast cancer and high glycemic index of glycemic load. Even after adjusting for body mass index, physical activity, other lifestyle choices, as well as menopausal status and hormones, It did not significantly affect the results. High glycemic index was still significantly associated with higher breast cancer risk. And a later study by Lynn discovered that high glucose consumption promoted metastases through the migration and invasion of colorectal cancer cells. And another study associated with high glucose intake with increased signaling. Signaling for cancer cell production and proliferation. Of course, then of course we can also (coughs) pop the bottle and pour a drink. Alcohol. Oh, yeah. Heavy alcohol consumption is one of the leading causes of health problems all around the world. According to the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, Alcohol drinking was prevalent in over 88% of people aged 18 and older, meaning a person has tried alcohol at least once in their lifetime. 71% reported they drank in the previous year, 57% reporting that they drank in the previous month. While alcohol drinking does not necessarily lead to cancer, it has been established that alcohol abuse or heavy alcohol drinking does shocking 25% of the adults 18 years and older population report binge drinking in the last month alone with 7% reporting heavy drinking in the last month these statistics my friends should worry us because alcohol and cancer particularly liver cancer go hand in hand repeatedly drinking alcohol causes the liver to become damaged cirrhotic because the liver is the organ responsible for filtering out the toxins from alcohol out of the blood. In return, the cells of the liver become damaged, which can eventually lead to mutation of cancer. Liver cirrhosis, a condition characterized by the irreversible damage to the liver, is a primary risk factor for developing epicellular carcinoma, HCCA, or liver cancer. Does it begin to make sense? According to a study conducted in Japan, heavy alcohol drinking by both men and women significantly increased the risk for acquiring primary liver cancer. It was concluded that one alcoholic drink per day, meaning approximately 12 grams of pure alcohol per day, could increase your risk for liver cancer by 1.1 times. And that's cumulative. The more alcohol you drink, the more you become at risk for liver cancer. But it doesn't stop there. Consuming alcohol has also been linked to other cancers. Another test, this particular one by Benz and Larson, found that alcohol intake was a risk factor for breast cancer. And Zhu found a link between alcohol intake and colorectal cancer with alcohol causing cancer cells to become more aggressive and cause faster progression of the disease. And because alcohol can be addictive, we all have to be careful regarding our exposure to it. One drink can easily turn into two, two into three, and so on and so forth. And yet for people who find that they do not wish to completely say no to alcohol, the safest amount to drink according to the dietary guidelines for Americans is one drink for women and two drinks per day for men. And for those who say that red wine's good for you, much sure the benefit is in the grapes, not the alcohol. You can drink grape juice instead. One of the things that always angers me if I go to Denny's some nights to do nothing but have a single cup of coffee. I sit there and look at the amount of artificial sweeteners, the artificial sugars that they have available for people. In a world where sugar has gained a bad reputation for causing weight gain, an awful lot of people have turned towards heavily marketed sugar-free products. Artificial sweeteners. And yet artificial sweeteners, are they a healthy alternative? Strong scientific evidence suggests otherwise. Artificial sweeteners have been linked to multiple health problems. From problems with the body's natural metabolism to cancer. Studies have linked the use of artificial sweeteners to metabolic disease. One study found that artificial sweeteners cause more far-reaching effects than making food tasted better when non-caloric artificial sweeteners enter the body's digestive system. They then cause a change in the normal flora and microbiota, microbiota, microbiota of the intestinal tract or gut. And that disturbance causes the body to become intolerant to glucose, which can cause persistent hyperglycemia and eventual diabetes. The disease you wanted to avoid in the first place by replacing sugar with so-called NAS. And while diabetes does not directly cause cancer, it can promote its growth because of the persistently high levels of sugar and insulin in the blood. According to research done by the American Diabetes Association, there are specific kinds of tumors that are receptive to insulin which can cause them to grow and spread rapidly, particularly in the case of breast tumors. And similarly, problems with metabolism also contribute to hormonal imbalances which have associated with they've been associated with a higher risk for breasts and di- and and, and endometrial, and other similar cancers. I'm just losing my ability to speak. (laughs) Well, the official position of the U.S. FDA is that artificial sweeteners are safe. But studies published reveal a potential link between artificial sweeteners and leukemia and lymphoma in men. And while these results were inconclusive, the possibility of causation exists. You cannot discount that there are cases the link between artificial sweetener intake and cancer diagnosis in humans exists. If you want to watch your weight or want to manage your metabolism with or without a diagnosed metabolic disorder, wean yourself off of your addiction to sweet foods. At the very least, opt for natural, unwashed sugar or better sugar alternatives like honey, which as long as it's genuine, has significant antibacterial and anti-inflammatory properties. Well, there's more to the story. There's more subjects. Food additives, soft drinks, RBGH, hydrogenated oils. All of these things affect us. I want to thank you for staying with me tonight. It's rare that I'm able to not be conclusive, but it's important. Go to drkelly.net. It's the top article. Your health, your diet, your cancer risk. It is all your choice, my friends. I'll see you tomorrow night. And until we meet again with glass lifted on high, I say to health with you. Good night.
1: And even the palms seem to be swaying when they begin. divine, what rapture serene Till clouds came along to disperse the joys we had tasted And now when I hear people curse the chance that was wasted I know but too well what they mean
2: Or call us at 818 965 9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818 965 9113. Drinksupertea.com. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth.